0: vibe machine
1: you are listening to the second episode of brandon reich's discussion on all of his incredible album art designs on the undercovers podcast series my name's josh and thanks for tuning in If you haven't already, I really suggest you checking out the first episode of this chat as it explains Brandon's origins, being in a popular post-hardcore act himself and transitioning to becoming a full-time merchandise and then album art designer. It's a fascinating tale. On this episode, we get down to business talking about Beartooth, who Brandon and so many others see as one of the best bands on the planet right now, and Under Oath who have impacted Brandon's career in so many ways. We open this episode by choosing the best artist and album design to start with to explain Brandon's career.
0: Vibe. Machine.
1: For me, naturally, a great place to start is Weezer because I am the biggest Weezer fan on the planet. Don't care what anyone says. (laughs) But I thought rather than that, I might go with the album artwork that, to me, is the most impressive of the last 12 months. And I'm talking about a bear tooth disease. A striking design. And if anyone hasn't seen it, please check it out. As whilst it's not bright and colourful, it's actually sort of the exact opposite. Um, you know, it doesn't have a million different colours. actually got one primary colour, which is an element I want to talk to you about. It does stand out as a truly unique design. I love the black and the orange, the face with the snake over the eyes, the logo design. And one of my favorite things about album design is when the designer puts the track listing on the front of the album cover. I just have a real thing with it. I love it. And it's all torn. It's it's all got that worn look and feel, sort of like you're removing the Photoshop element, that clean and glossy look and going back to how... Album design was in the '80s, 70s, '60s and earlier. Um, right. How did that artwork come together, and, and was that sort of the idea to have that to have that look and feel?
0: Um, yeah, I think that the vibe that I wanted for Beartooth right away was something kind of dusty, something kind of along the lines of like late '80s guns and roses, right? Like that's just kind mm. of the stuff that the stuff that they're drawn to, like Caleb will give you the devil horn's hand emoji. Um, most of the texts that he sends, like these these guys are just all about like rock and roll. You know what I mean? Bandanas, rock and roll, leather, like all of that stuff. They're totally into that. And so for me, I had always kind of seen Beartooth's brand where I thought Beartooth was an amazing band, but I had never really felt like uh it was getting captured with design. Um It was mm. something was getting captured, definitely. But I had always seen like more depth and warmth to what they do. So essentially, you know, the, the first, you know, the the simple question is like, I don't know, like I really just want to become friends with the band and and you know, at some point there's the question of why is this album exist? What is this album about? Why should anyone care? What in the world you know what I mean? Mm. Like just some really basic principles of like, does it even matter that this album exists? And if it does, tell me why. And, you know, Caleb got very personal about just some of the stuff that he struggles with, some of the depression he struggles with, and he kind of he essentially decided that like, this depression is not something that I'm going to like fix. It's just there. Mm. It's a disease that I have to learn to deal with. It's something that's always going to be here. Sometimes life will get clear and sometimes life will get covered. And when he told me that, I thought of an object on someone's head, whether it be a snake or slime or something that, you couldn't really control and you had to accept that it was just there. It was, there was no point in trying to take it off or remove it. It was just there. And I really liked the way the snake at point at a point covers the person's eyes. Um, mm. sometimes they can see, sometimes they can't see, you know, just the idea of like the slow motion of the way the snake, um, kind of takes over. And even being at the photo shoot, it was pretty amazing because Jade, the girl with the snake on her head, she was kind of scared of snakes. Like she wasn't really into it, but she knew what the deal was. But it's like it it just slowly moved around her face. It slowly moved wow. around her head. It's like every place it went, it was a different type of problem for her to deal with. And the snake handler was there ready to catch it or ready to move it or whatever. But it's like there was something special about the moment when Jay just kind of learns to just deal with it. There's a mm. snake on your face. You hate it. You're scared of it. And you have to slowly alter yourself here and there so that you can learn to cope and live with the fact that there's a snake on your face. And I know it sounds, I mean, it may sound cheesy, but that's what the record's about. That's what depression is. It's like, if anyone's gone through yeah. depression, it's, it's not an on off switch, man. It's, uh, it's the reality is do, you know, how in the world are you going to w- get out of bed in the morning? And, and even when you get out of bed, you haven't won anything. You just got up. And then you still need to figure out how to get through what you have to get through that day, um, with this cloud of depression over you, or with this mm. snake on your face, or with this monkey on your back, or whatever it is. So that was a very simple way. And it was the first instinct that we had on how to translate this idea of depression as a disease, but also make it badass, you know, also yeah. make it something that is still works with this rock band, because here we're talking about like, the these tender soft feelings with depression and all this stuff but then the band Beartooth just freaking rips you know what I mean like so it's a it's an interesting juxtaposition where <laughs> you know you can take that image however you want however I think the mm-hmm. snake on somebody's face on the cover looks pretty sweet and um, it, it did the job I wanted it to do but as far as the logo type goes like I had I kind of look you know warp tour was was ending around this point and I was like I feel like Beartooth is a smorgasbord of everything that happened at, at Warp Tour, whether it be there's pop punk, there's metalcore, there's just stoner yep. rock. There's all kinds of stuff in what Beartooth does, right? And I personally feel like for that specific genre, I think Beartooth are in a whole other class. Than, and if and if people don't know about Beartooth and are into that style of music, like listen to Disease, listen to this record. This record is insane. So I felt like they were, I thought they were the elite. I thought they were the best of the best with this genre. And I wanted to like reward them with a classic Iron mm. Maiden Metallica <laughs> type of logo. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, here's your logo. You've earned it. Like this yeah. record is brilliant. You have earned this. So that was kind of the take. And, you know, it's cool because I'm glad that you said this one first, because Joel and I look at this um, album cycle, Beartooth disease. I'm just like, man, all of the stuff we wanted to do happened on that one. Like it hmm. all worked. Like the bears, I would say, I almost want to say the Beartooth, uh cycle was, was possibly the easiest. I mean, every one of these, have difficult times because you're working with so many different entities from labels Mm. to management, to the band, to all kinds of people. You never know what's going to be the, what's going to be complicated and what's going to be easy. But for the most part, this Beartooth uh, project, it just worked. And we're really happy with how it all turned out. We had to, we had to practice a lot of restriction to keep things um, true to like a late eighties type of layout. You know what I mean? Like if you Mm. look at old skid row layouts and stuff like that, like we did want, we did want to have a little bit of nostalgia there because I just think that like whatever like rock and roll is and whatever metal is or whatever guns and roses was in 1988, <laughs> I think Beartooth is today. You know what I'm saying? And Definitely. Um, man with the fire and with all the stuff that I see at their live show now. And of course this big Beartooth logo on this huge orange backdrop, um, it's just all working, man. And I'm really, really proud of this brand. Um, and i I use the word brand for all of it because it's just so much bigger than this cover or this logo or this whatever it's it's very much a lot of moving parts that for whatever reason we were able to keep enough control over that the brand stays consistent and it becomes this uh i think this movement that fans want to participate in and I think it's very vibrant and bold and um articulated and i'm I'm pretty proud of it
1: Oh, and you
0: definitely should be.
1: And you're right; it's it's the album artist or the the designers that manage to keep the control for the whole album cycle. That's where these these bits of artwork and the whole composition become iconic. And yeah, I love it when when that happens. And you seem to be doing it over and over again. And to me, that bear album cover is incredible. You can walk in, and one of the things I talk about on this series is you can walk into a record store if they if you still go to them, but you can walk in, and that stands out. It stands yeah. out of the pack, and that that is a win, an absolute win. And you mentioned the orange, and it's it's an element that flows through a lot of your artwork. You seem to have the black and white, and then you have a predominant color. And the next album mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about, it, and you started talking about it. First was Under Oath's Erase Me. Firstly, yep. how amazing are Under Oath and how incredible are they at bringing other artists out of the woodwork? Because I've just spoken, I have another podcast series called Connect the Rock, which is sort of like a liner notes podcast, and I've just interviewed Anne Boleyn. And they could yep. not have spoken more glowingly about Under Oath and about the help that they had given them and they continue to give them. You know, both as a band and even personally, you know, um, band members marrying yeah. each other's sisters and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it's all encompassing with those guys. And it's amazing that they, at even at an early age, were able to do that with people like you. And, um, I wanted to talk about Erase Me because the connection is with Beartooth. You've got the orange, but you've got the fluorescent green with this one. And is that something that you, that you are really enjoying having that primary color because you, you do it for a lot of your artwork.
0: Yeah. It's certainly a very concise way to build a brand. Um, you mm. know, I'm not, that's not a rule by any means, but it is sometime no. an instinct, but, but then there's other, you know, like smashing pumpkins, for example, there's yes. so many colors involved in that. <laughs> and there obviously isn't a prominent color at all. So. I really, and we're working on, you know, of the things that I'm working on right now, we have an album coming out where the color palette is very minimal and it's for a really big band. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, a band that I grew up on also, but, um, it's a very simplistic color palette. And then the other, another band we're working on right now, like there's, it's more like this organic feel that just, there isn't really a specific color that's required, but then you mm. have under oath and you have bare tooth and you have 21 pilots blurry face. There is a very specific Pantone color for all three of those albums. And if you go outside of that Pantone color, you have destroyed everything. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like if yes. you don't get that color right. <laughs> so we had the, you know, all of these bands have learned to fight for this color. And you know, I remember when, uh, Chris, the manager of Twenty One Pilots, he was when I knew that he knew what Pantone number the color for Blurryface was, I was like, job done. You know what I mean? Mission accomplished. <laughs> like these guys get it now. So but for McDonald's, whatever reason. McDonald's was, and,
1: and Coca-Cola have yeah. their, their red Pantone color, right? I get it. <laughs> right.
0: Right. And if and they're they're probably not the same. Coke's probably 485, no, but 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 uh McDonald's is probably slightly different too. Yep. But anyways, with Under Oath, yeah, to go back to the other things you said, like I owe so much to Under Oath. And, <laughs> you know, even my band, my band, Dead Poetic, owes so much to Under Oath. Like those guys were excited about us uh, back then, m- my band, and they were excited about our music. And that was pretty life-changing for us. And mm. then also Under Oath were probably the first non-local band that started me, had me start doing merch designs for them. So back, I've got like a crazy amount of merch designs for under, oath, for under oath around like 2002 or three or something like that. So they were like the first ones that asked me to do merch design. Um, when we started touring, when we were really young. So it was like, they helped start my merchandise career. And now they're starting the tension division, you know, mm. era, you know, I mean? starting my branding agency also. So it's like. Yeah, Tim, I mean, all of those guys, I love all of those guys. Um, Tim has always, Tim the guitar player, has always been involved in the merch industry. He manages some bands. So he's always been kind of um, someone that you'll always run into in some way, shape, or form. So he mm-hmm. was also representing one of the merch companies that I was freelancing for throughout all those years. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, when I got a call from Under Manager about they want me to do the layout for the new record it was, I mean, it was just full circle. You know what I mean? Like mm. I just, I just owe so much to that band. Um, they, whether they realize it or not, they took a chance on me multiple times and they asked me to do mm. something that I maybe hadn't done before and um, allowed me to prove a concept or allowed me to write a new blueprint for the way I want things done. I owe my merch career and I owe my branding career to them. So <laughs> now well, they, <laughs> they owe an amazing album cover to you and, the
1: question I've got about about that album cover, and back in the 90s, this was probably in the early 2000s, this was more of a thing, and it was a religious-style band taking religious imagery in their artwork. It was seen as very niche, and I'm sure you're well aware of this coming from exactly sure. that scene. It It was yep. very niche at the time, and it was almost like the bands didn't want to do it because they were quickly put into that religious group, you know, go to religious festivals and Play for lots of money and do all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's definitely the, the scene that was at that time in Australia. Um, I actually managed a religious band at the time and, um, and they struggled to break out of it. But you for this album cover, and I, my, my, my question is, has the under oath brand now moved beyond that and have times moved beyond that? Because the front cover has that decaying, um, religious statue or, or, you know, um, angel, you know, decaying on the cover is that do you do you feel like the band sort of are like you know what this is who we are this is what we we are about and times have changed let's let, let's run with it
0: well no this one's a little bit more um darker than that i think that this album for under Oath was a way to it's not a way to there's no strategy here i think a lot of fans want to believe there's some strategy there's some move that <laughs> under Oath is making the reality is like a lot of us um a lot of us who grow up Christian or grow up religious or grow up with a very strong point of view when we're 17, 18 years old, believe it or not, that opinion changes. Yes. <laughs> and our opinion and our perspective changes as we get into our 30s and our late 30s and our 40s. And we have a different perspective of things. And I think that um, from my understanding, watching Under Oath be such a, a beacon for the Christian music, heavy, you know, the heavy Christian music scene mm. being such a big thing. But also, I also watch their fan base turn on them a lot of times, you know, their religious fan base. like it, They were so quick to support, but also the moment something goes wrong or something goes awry, um, there's just very harsh criticism and very weird pushback. So it becomes this frustrating thing of we need our religious leaders to be exactly the way we need them. And the moment they're not, we will destroy them. And there's this weird thing about this new record where there's a few cuss words on the record, which is, you know, obviously a very hard thing for some people in the Christian music market to uh stomach, which is understandable, fine, whatever. But there's a lot of questioning those beliefs, but there's also mm. there's just a lot of things going on in this record where they are questioning beliefs. They are angry at some deity at some god running the world they're in disbelief of this deity or they're giving up on this whole idea or whatever right and i think the six members of under oath are at very different places religiously mm. um some people are completely um all in and some people are completely all out and so i always looked at this thing where the cover could represent a few things um i think my initial idea was that I looked at under oath as this very powerful spiritual tool that was very instrumental in people's lives from 2000 to, you know, 2015 or whatever it is. Right. Yep. It was this yep. very powerful like institution of, you know, they were, they were the best heavy band and they were also um the most vocal spiritual band. You know what I mean? That's pretty powerful. Mm. It's It's very rare that you would get mm. something like that. But I also viewed their their fan base, I I kind of viewed a lot of people in their fan base as brutalizing this this tool, this spiritual tool. So in some ways, I think the cover represents um, an angel being destroyed, an angel being brutalized, something that was here for something good. Um, Someone has uh, rioted and destroyed it, and it will never be what it was. Or – Another take that I have on it, and again, it's all for interpretation, and my interpretation mm. is not necessarily the – uh it's not the correct answer necessarily. But <laughs> it's also possible that it represents the spiritual understanding that we have that once we dig a little bit, we realize that it's hollow and synthetic inside. And it's not mm. as sturdy and solid and dense as we wanted it to be. Um We got in there, and it, it fell apart, and it was hollow, and it was synthetic, and there was – you know, the glitches kind of represent the synthesis. It was something that wasn't as real as we hoped it to be. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on there. And there was a punk rock nature to the way they were approaching this record. They're gonna make a very, I don't know, a little bit active rock, definitely not the typical metalcore records they had done before. Like they're gonna, you know, they're taking they're they can write really great songs and really great hooks and they figured they're gonna write them on this record. They don't need to change Mm. the name of the band. They don't need to do any of that stuff. If those six guys have the capability of writing arena rock, active rock songs or, or ballads or whatever it's going to be, then they decided, well, then we're going to write it and then we're going to call it under oath. And there's something punk rock to me about that. And for whatever Mm. reason, when I said punk rock, I saw acid green in my head right away. It was just this lime green. There was never a question about it. That was always the color that was in my head for this record. And I, I think I decided that like the day, yeah, that was the day I was in the studio on August 30th, 2017. <laughs> that's when I decided we were going to be, um, that's when I decided it was going to be that color. And I never really looked back. It was just always that color. Like that was just a decision that we we didn't really have to talk about at all. I just stuck with it. And um, now what's really cool about these processes is that if I can care this much about their narrative and care this much about the concept, and really do my homework and really make sense of all of the design decisions I'm going to make and let this narrative dictate those design decisions. Then the moment of presenting the album cover to the band, it becomes less about, do you like this or not? And it becomes more about, this is the answer to the question of what's the album. Cover. Mm. This is it. This mm. is what it is. And, this is the visual um, side are, of what you have
1: created, right? This is, this
0: right, is, this is yeah. your
1: visual narrative. Yes.
0: Yeah, this represents what's going on in this album cycle. Here it is, and that was the first concept we showed, and that was the only concept we showed. So that was the cover. (laughs) There was not a plan B. There was not any options, and I think we ended up cutting the angel's head off, uh, or cutting half of the head off. That was the only thing added to the original thing. But um, it's incredible. And man, you know the you know um, the manager, our dear friend Randy, he was not happy about seeing an angel on the cover of this. Christian or ex-Christian, whatever you want to call it, band. It was like, of all things to put on a cover, don't put an angel on the cover. And um, so that was, you know, other than that, and I think, you know, and I think that the band themselves, like some of them were stoked, but they were all okay with it. But I think after the call, we did a, a Google Hangout. And after that Google Hangout, they essentially like looked at each other. At least this is what they told me. They were like, we may not love it, but this is it. This is correct. This is what it is like, this is, it's like almost like looking at yourself in a mirror. You may not love what you see, but it is, it is accurate. Like that is what the album cover should be, whether they liked it yeah, or not definitely. in a weird way. Yeah. It's been, it was a pretty special thing to like have our first official tension division of project be one and done and be like, this is the cover let's roll. Like there wasn't really pushback. We made the new tide. We made a new logo set and all that stuff, new branding package, all that stuff. And it worked.
1: It's in incredible, and I can see. And the the, the manager's train of thought was where my train of thought went for five seconds, which is that you know that old school mentality. And then times have changed, people have changed, and you know people have grown. Like like you said, you know I'm I'm around the same age as you, so I I have lived through all of all of that and seen that as well. So it's um you know it's an incredible design that you've that you've got and. The way that I've written all of my notes leads from that straight into the band that you talked about first, which is the, the band that got you introduced to, to sort of everything, which is 21 pilots what a nice way to finish this episode by teasing you with the next one I hope you enjoyed brandon discussing how bearto's disease and underos arrays me came together up next is the amazing story and the brilliant concept pieces for 21 pilots one of the biggest bands on the planet at the moment their last two records blurryface and trench are now regarded as modern classics and the artwork that complements and completes them is a major part of their appeal I can't wait for you to hear about it if you've loved this series so far please go and Check out our other ones and please give us a review on the App Store, iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast. Every single review matters, and I'd really love to hear what you think. Thank you.
0: Vibe Machine.